It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, February 8th, 2021. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. A Haines man was mauled by a bear while backcountry snowboarding near Chilkoot Lake over the weekend. The U.S. Coast Guard transported him to Juneau, where he is being treated for injuries to his head and hands. The mauling occurred off of the Glory Hole Trail, about 1,600 feet above Chilkoot Lake. The Alaska State Troopers requested assistance from the Coast Guard around 3.20 p.m. A Jayhawk helicopter crew from Air Station Sitka responded to transport the man to a hospital. Two other skiers in the party used a satellite communication device to provide the precise coordinates and elevation of their location. They had brightly colored fabric to signal the helicopter as it approached. The air crew successfully hoisted the injured man into the helicopter and provided medical care while in transit to Juneau. The man's current condition is unknown. However, Coast Guard personnel say he was responsive and talking during the rescue. Four finalists have been named in the search for the next full-time superintendent of the Sitka School District, with a winner to be selected by the end of the month. The Sitka School Board made the announcement at its most recent meeting on February 3rd. The finalists are Frank Hauser, who is currently the principal of Service High School in Anchorage, Dr. Jeffrey Richley, who is a school administrator and former teacher in California, Laura Rogers, the current assistant principal at Blatchley Middle School and former principal of Sitka High, and Stephen Vigliotti, a superintendent in New York State. The candidates will be interviewed virtually in open session on Friday, February 19th. The board will deliberate and make its choice the following day. Sometime in the week prior, the board will allow for virtual community engagement and take input from the public on the candidates. Board President Amy Morrison said that 20 applicants had shown interest in the position. She said that the board had spent seven hours in closed session on February 2nd, narrowing down the field. Interim Superintendent John Holst is contracted to serve in the district until June 30th. He was hired in the spring of 2020 after former Superintendent Mary Wegner asked to be released from her contract a year early. Canada's extension of its ban on large cruise ships until 2022 will have a big impact on communities in southeast Alaska and could directly affect schools. When the Sitka Assembly and the school board met last week to discuss next year's school district budget, the news from Canada cast considerable uncertainty over how much funding would be available. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. School funding is the biggest single expense for the city of Sitka, falling somewhere in the $7 million range most years. Property taxes alone don't cover that bill, and it can fall to sales tax collected during a busy visitor season to support the budget. Meeting just hours after Canada's announcement, Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis said it was unclear what the absence of large ships would mean for school funding. It doesn't look like we're going to have a cruise ship season. Uh, That's going to be a a chunk out of the city's revenues, and I haven't had enough time to go through our projections to digest exactly what that means for us. Uh, I came into this meeting tonight uh, prepared to listen to assembly arguments and prepared to potentially give the full ask. With an unknown and and such a, a, a recent unknown, it's going to be my goal tonight to try and give you the best that I can. The school district plans to trim a projected $1.8 million deficit by tapping into their reserves, boosting enrollment with a small upcoming bubble of kindergartners, and eliminating three positions plus the assistant superintendent post. They're negotiating early retirement for some teachers to save money and are hoping for some extra padding from the federal Secure Rural Schools program. That still leaves the district with a deficit of just over $800,000. 
And that's assuming that the assembly funds the school district to the cap, or the maximum allowed by the state. Last year, the assembly voted to fund schools to the cap, but this year the state raised the amount. Finance Director Melissa Haley presented a preliminary budget two weeks earlier that accounted for a thin or non-existent cruise ship season between July and September of this year. But her budget assumed the same amount of funding for the Sitka School District as last year. Flat funding would mean a bigger deficit for the district and potentially more cuts. School Board President Amy Morrison said if they had to make cuts, it would be staffing. So then it's a matter of, is it larger classroom sizes? Is it, do we cut music and arts and, you know, those things that that's really, you know, we can't close buildings. We can't, you know, it's, it's staff. And then it's the decision of what programs we're cutting there. School board member Blossom Twitchell noted the reductions the schools have seen over the last few years pre-COVID, like the loss of Blatchley's librarian and full-time physical education staff. The school board did spend a considerable amount of time listening to our educators and our schools throughout these last few weeks. And the resonating reports that we have heard is that they are already at their bare minimum. They are already skeletal. During assembly deliberation, member Kevin Mosher said he would support flat funding and splitting secure rural schools if it comes through. But funding to the cap was not practical given budget constraints. The state says we can spend more, but they're not giving us more money for it. Enrollments are down, but we're being asked to fund a lot more money. The cruise ship industry, yes, it may it may not be quite as bad as we think, but it's not going to be as good as we thought. Member Tor Christensen continued to push for funding schools to the cap. I think this is our core job. I would, ra- I would rather see cuts in lots of other places before this. Christensen made a motion to do just that, but several assembly members, like Crystal Duncan, said they wanted more time to review the numbers before voting. But I just feel like tonight is not the night to vote. And if we did vote, I think I would have had to vote no on it at this point in time. But I look forward to us giving you a decision real soon in the future as more information comes. So gonna cheesh. Ultimately, Christensen's motion failed to get a second. The Assembly will revisit school funding at another meeting later this month. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. An Alaska journalist had his Twitter account suspended all day Thursday after live-tweeting a state lawmaker's vaccine skepticism expressed during a Senate committee meeting. Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports. Matt Buxton has covered Alaska politics for nearly a decade, five years as a newspaper reporter in Fairbanks, and more recently as the editor of The Midnight Sun, a left-leaning political blog from his home in Anchorage. The way I cover the legislature is, you know, through Twitter, really. I am kind of a prolific live tweeter, um, you know, kind of cover meetings in as much detail as I can, sort of pulling out the interesting stuff. And so during this hearing, I thought some very interesting stuff was that Senator Laura Reinbold from Eagle River was asking about hydroxychloroquine and sort of other debunked things. And so towards the end of the meeting, she's um, talking about how uh, it's important because the vaccine is causing deaths and paralysis and, and people are dying. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, this is a huge issue. There could be people dying, paralyzed, deaths. I just need to know yes or no. Do they have to sign informed consent? And where's the liability lie if there's an adverse event? So, I think that's a very fair question. And it is a fair question, but if you wanted to give us... After that exchange, Buxton tweeted, quote, 
Wilson is trying to cut her off, but not before Reinbold can throw in something about people being paralyzed by the vaccine. And that's sort of the claim that got me in trouble, actually. So that was flagged as as vaccine disinformation. But Buxton says he didn't know about that right away. In fact, he spent the rest of the afternoon using Twitter normally. But he later found an email that came in just after midnight. And I found out about it like at three in the morning when I was running a dog out. And so I appealed it then, went to bed, came back, and it had been rejected. In the appeal letter, I wrote, you know, look, I'm a reporter, and I was reporting on what a state senator was saying. I think this is pretty relevant. I just deleted the tweet and kind of started to sit out my 12-hour penalty, I guess. He was blocked from live tweeting until after 6 p.m. Thursday. But while Buxton sat in Twitter jail, Senator Reinbold used a committee hearing to raise questions about the safety of COVID-19 vaccines. I am not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm concerned about this new type of vaccine that is out there, that they are only strictly under emergency youth authorization. Then she pressed Alaska's chief medical officer, Dr. Ann Zink, about rumors that Alaskans are dying from the COVID-19 vaccine. And to date, there are no deaths associated with the COVID-19 vaccine, Moderna or Pfizer in the United States. Wow, that 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 is amazing, because I'm certainly following um, COVID reactions online. And I'm also following VAERS. And um, I tell you, I think I think that that uh, that that's definitely contradicts things that I've definitely been following um, online. Buxton says he'd like to know what got him in trouble with the social media platform. Was it artificial intelligence? Were there complaints directed at his tweets? But in the meantime, he's more concerned about misinformation going unchallenged. You know, I thought I, I came back out, you know, uh, out of my Twitter jail, and I saw that, you know, the, the Anchorage Daily News had a story debunking um, uh, a myth or, uh, you know, misinformation about how five people were killed by the vaccine. Um, you know, this is a thing that is going on, and I think we need to really um, meet head first. And I think it's important to call out you know, elected officials when they are spreading kind of you know, clearly dangerous information. By Friday afternoon, Buxton was back at it, live tweeting a meeting of the Senate Judiciary Committee, chaired by Senator Laura Reinbold. But he says the experience has had a chilling effect. He's being extra careful how he frames his tweets. Reporting in Juno, I'm Jacob Resnick. Taking a look at the community calendar, Sitka Public Library invites all to celebrate Valentine's Day by going on a blind date with a book through the end of February. Gift-wrapped books will be on display at the library for patrons to read the clues, choose a book, and check it out. The surprise includes a Mad Lib Valentine and stickers. Participants are invited to post a picture with their blind date on the library Facebook or Instagram pages. For more information, call Margo at 747-4020 or email margo.oconnell at cityofsitka.org. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. (music) 